long before that fancy new thing called the Internet. And even before... MTV in stereo. An ear is a terrible thing to waste. There was Ragbri, celebrating 50 years of cycling craziness this summer. This is Draftline. It's a podcast to get you ready for the big event coming to Carroll July 24th. Yeah, so welcome to Draftline. This is episode number two, a limited time podcast devoted to everything Ragbri. So this week, we had a great opportunity to talk to Ragbri director Matt Fippen. Matt's a guy who's been around cycling his entire life, it seems like, and loves, loves Ragbri, as you'll see in our conversation. So let's get to it. Let's talk with Ragbri director Matt Fippen. Matt, let's talk a little bit about the bike culture in Iowa. I kind of want to start there. You're a, a bike culture kind of guy. You grew up with all that culture around you. Talk about your history with biking and the state of Iowa. Yeah, so I kind of found Ragbri when I was 10. It actually came through my hometown, and my parents hosted riders in our, our yard. So that was my first kind of glimpse of what Ragbri was. Uh, I thought it was really, really cool. And, you know, I wanted to ride my bike that day and my mom, being a very smart mom, said, no, you need to wait till you're a little bit older. Found cycling with Shields, my company that I kind of grew up in. Became the bike manager there and kind of fell in love with, with the bicycle. Uh, and kind of got picked up with Ragbri as, you know, the official sporting goods store of Ragbri. Spent many years with previous directors, TJ and, and Scott, kind of, you know, doing pre-ride and learning and with them. But yeah, I've always been around a bicycle for as long as I can remember, 23 years of of retail experience in the bike industry. You said you were what, 18 when you first rode Ragbri? Yeah, my first year was 18. My mom wanted me to wait till I graduated high school. So I got to graduate and then go on a bike ride. And it was just a bunch of buddies, you know, together. And kind of a funny story. My first bike that I rode across the state was a bike that kind of sat in the police impound for when Ragbri rolled through uh, Vinton. Somebody had too much fun, I guess, that night and <laughs> left their bike behind and it sat at the police impound and it was mine and I rode it across the state for my first time. Tell me about the very first day you were on Ragbri. You said it was, uh, well, maybe challenging, might be generous. Yeah, I think challenging is probably the, the great, a great word to use. <laughs> it was uh, not what I expected. You know, we had no idea. You know, we had limited funds and we were just 18 year old, you know, high school guys. Um, I had no training. You know, we just thought we could just do it. I mean, I, you know, being a young, dumb kid, we, we just said, let's grab our bikes and just go. But, yeah, I remember sitting some of those first hills and just thinking, like, what the heck did I get myself into? But by the end, you know, you start building some stamina up, and we were surrounded by people that are kind of cheering you on, and it made it easy. But, yeah, definitely uh, it was a little rough those first couple miles. You know, you had a lot of the same experience that my wife and I had. I rode Ragbri for the first time when I turned 50 years old, and and just like you guys, we were – I really not prepared to, to what we got in there. So we got in there and we hit the four H's, the hills, the headwinds, the heat, the humidity. And I remember thinking, what do people see in this? Yeah. Yeah. Now cycling is one of those things that, you know, it definitely there's days that could suck, you know, because of the wind and all the things you just talked about. But man, just there, there's some of those days that you get to the top of that hill and you see the views and like it makes, it makes that last stretch of that climb all worth it um, because of the views. But man, you know, if you put some time in and you actually prepare, you'll be in a really, really good spot on the ride. 
Yeah. Thankfully, the second day was a lot of fun. So, I mean, we absolutely fell in love with Ragbri at that point. So uh, you took over as Ragbri director about a year ago, a little over. So your very first one was the first Ragbri coming out of the pandemic. So you've had a lot of unique situations as the director so far. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, for me to step in that role last year, I was the new guy, but I didn't feel like the new guy because I've been around it. Uh, I had a pretty amazing team, you know, the team that kind of help navigate those waters, you know, during the 2019 kind of debacle and, um, you know, put me in this role, truly set me up for success, you know, without that team, I would not have had the year that I had, you know, they allowed me to, you know, be in the masses and, and meet people while they were handling the, you know, the behind the scenes things. But yeah, definitely coming out that first year, we had a great year, you know, the tailwinds and the 70 degrees. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better, better ride last year. Yeah, it was terrific weather. But was there any kind of aha moment when you realized, wow, I, I'm the director and this this has fallen in my purview? Well, I think, you know, day one, I kind of flew into the radar. People really didn't know who I was. And by, by day two, because I was around, people started to get to know me and, and, and see me out on, on the route. And I think the, the aha moment for me was, you know, once they found me, everybody had a story and they wanted to share their story with me. And I, you know, over the course of a week, I, there were so many impactful stories, you know, that Ragbright changed their life, Ragbright saved their life, Ragbright found my wife kind of thing. You know, I mean, it was just so many cool things that had happened along that, that week that, you know, I will forever remember my first year just based on the, the amount of people just welcoming me to, in this role. So you climb that first hurdle, that that first ragbri under your belt. Well, then here comes the 50th. Is this like a totally different year, different feel to it? It definitely is. You know, I was, I was talking to Ann about the change this year. And, you know, we're not traveling more. It just, it feels like they're just more getting thrown at us. And, you know, I think, you know, the, kind of the, the answer is, you know, for that first year, my team allowed me to fly under the radar and they took care of a lot of the things that I just wasn't ready for because I was just, I was learning. Um, where this year, like, the emails are coming to me now. The phone calls are coming to me now. And like, we're truly, you know, dividing and conquering as a team. But, you know, I just think the lift of what 50 is, there's so many more moving parts. There's so many more people coming that, you know, we just have to be better prepared and just talk through every possible scenario. And, you know, at the end of the day, safety is our number one priority for all the riders. Um, and, you know, if we can get them from you know one side of the state to the other in, in a safe way, I think riders are going to truly love this year's route. Any kind of pressure to make this year stand out? Was that was that extra on you guys this year? Well, I, I think there's, there's always going to be pressure when you're trying to pull off this this event for the state of Iowa. Uh, you know, the way we looked at the route, we wanted to have key communities that, that played a role in previous years, either, you know, year one or we're just amazing close communities in the 49 years of Ragbri. Uh, you know, talking to the, these communities, they're pulling off the big events and they're, they're the ones that are truly going above and beyond. We're just kind of helping them navigate those waters and giving them direction. But I think when, when these riders roll in these towns, they're going to be blown away by some of the things that these, these towns are preparing. And honestly, everybody kind of expected with the 50th that you guys were going to do the original route. Well, it's modified a little bit, but trying to stay as close to form as possible. I'm a big fan of history and, you know, to be able to pull off that year one route when it made my job really, really easy because it was a day shorter and the route was done. So we knew we had to make some changes. Regbride Nation is super sneaky. Like they were trying to guess where, you know, where we were going and they were already booking hotels in, in, in areas that they thought we were going. So we had to throw some curveballs because if we didn't do that, some of the hotels that we would need to provide support to our team, you know, to the state patrol and to our care ambulance and some of our sponsors, we would have been, you know, they would have been sold out. So, 
there was definitely some curveballs, but I think, you know, the, the towns that are on route this year, you know, we saw it day one we announced are truly towns that people are excited about. How do you select the towns? I mean, there's a lot of years that you went through some smaller towns. I would assume you try to target towns like the size of Carroll, around 10,000? Yeah, I think that's kind of the, the sweet spot, you know, as far as a population standpoint. Infrastructure also plays a big role. You know, what can that, that town handle from a rider, you know, you know, ridership? Um, you know, but for me, like, you know, we started thinking about what 50 looked like. You know, I grabbed uh, Iowa map and I started circling towns that I thought would be really, really cool in kind of that strike zone of where we wanted to go. Just because you put it on, uh, circle it on the map doesn't mean it's going to be there in day one because you start talking to, you know, the DOT, you start talking to counties and you find out what their their projects are going to be for, for the summer. And, you know, there was communities that were on route that are off route now because of a construction project. And there's you know, also communities that are now on route because of that construction project. So, um, you know, I always say, a good route on paper is still just a good route on paper until you really start dialing in and talking to people. Uh, but it's, you know, it's places that I want to go and I want to see as a cyclist and roads that, you know, I've never been on that have great views. So it's truly, you know, you know, taking that map from, you know, stage one and then modifying it into where it's at and where people are going to ride in July. Yeah. That, that's interesting because to get to Carroll from Storm Lake, there's really only one option. I mean, you try to stay on the County roads as much as you can, but Really, Highway 71 is it. It's about the only road you can take in, isn't it? Yes. I mean, there's not too many other options. I mean, Highway 30 coming in would be another option, but that's just a major stretch of road that I don't want riders to be on from a safety issue. I mean, there's gravel roads. If we want to take gravel, we could easily find ways to get into those areas, but not everybody can ride gravel. So, yeah, it definitely limits the option of roads that are coming in. Uh, but then, you know, as you go east, there's more roads that pop up, so it, makes, it does make it easier. But, yeah, you're limited on roads that first couple of days. What did the highway patrol say about like using main roads? Cause I know you're coming in on 71 and then you're going to be leaving on 30 the next morning. That's an awfully busy stretch to Glidden. What did they say about that? They understand the, the thought process. I think we have a really good relationship with the state patrol and with the DOT. And as you know, this is something that wasn't just kind of a shoot from the hip. This is, you know, throwing a dart at the board and, and we landed on highway 30. We've had conversations about it. And you know, from a, a number standpoint, you know, those roads can easily handle the amount of bike traffic Knowing those roads now, we can put a very good plan in place with all our partner agencies uh, from a signage standpoint, from a support standpoint, and then truly make it safe. You know, leaving Carroll, it's seven miles until you get to Glidden, but it's a, it's a straight shot. Uh, you know, the DOT is behind it. The state patrol is behind it. We'll get riders out. We'll get them on their bikes, you know, fast and furious out of, of Carroll and get them into Glidden, and then that road will open back up. But just with the magnitude of what 50 is, there are some stretches where you just have to be on some bigger roads uh, because of the numbers. And the numbers are the reason you guys can go to the state patrol and say, hey, we need to close off this major highway and things. Uh, that's got to be a, a unique position to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's, we had those conversations last year. You know, I just joked with 50 and I said, well, like we're going to close down some major highways and some major interstates. And, you know, we were, the DOT guys laughed and, you know, you trans, you know, formed to this year. And there are some roads that we had to, we have to use that we have to, you know, that are bigger roads, but you know, having their support and having the, State patrol support truly makes our job easy. Yeah, and communicating with some of the businesses that have a lot of the trucks, things like that. When the when the businesses are involved, it's always a little bit touchy, but try to communicate with them as much as you possibly can, and hopefully they can adjust their schedules a bit. Yeah, you know, everybody plays a role that day, and, um, you know, when we ride the route in June on our free ride, we'll truly see the, the roads from the rider's perspective around the same times that the riders are going to be on those roads. So, we see some of those, you know, trucking companies that have routes those, those days or, you know, even in some of these, you know, it's the garbage pickup that we have to think about too, you know, shifting the, the truck route a day and shifting the garbage pickup day, a day truly helps 
our writers get across the state. How familiar are you with Carol? Um, I, I'm very impressed with Carol. You know, when we started doing our scouting the week after we announced, we looked at green space after green space for camping. And I got to a point where I, you know, I asked one of the guys, just show me a crappy green space because everything I've seen in Carroll is, is amazing. I think you have a beautiful community, obviously a strong, you know, baseball tie back, which is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to come to, to Carroll. But yeah, it's truly a beautiful community. One of the last times that it came kind of through the area, went through Jefferson, you guys went over to Ames, stayed overnight last night, that night, and rode through like Jack Trice Stadium. Is Are things like that still on the list for this year? If you could look at my email, there's been a lot of emails asking that same question, and we have some cool surprises coming you know, down the road. But when I rode on pre-ride and we rode through Jack Trice, and I, I tell you what, I'm a Hawkeye, you know, I, I believe black and gold, but to to ride my bike inside Jack Trice, it was truly a magical experience. So not to give you a peek behind the curtain, but there might be something like that down the road we can talk about. Yeah, I also have uh, big Hawkeye friends that they said it was really cool to go through Jack Trice and all that. So let's talk about that stretch. I mean, Ames to Des Moines, lots of numbers flying around. What can you do to clarify that for us? Well, I think safety is our, our biggest thing. You know, when you tie in those two communities and just, the, you know, communities alone have the ability to bring in a lot of riders that may just ride the one the one day. We're looking at registration. We know what the roads can handle. You know, the, the towns that connect Ames to Des Moines are truly up, up to the challenge. Uh, it will be a pretty major lift. I mean, you're, you're all pulling together for that one day to, to get riders safely into Carroll. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, it's all about the rider's safety. You know, we want, we want to pull off a ride that is safe, that the riders feel that, they're going to be in a good spot when they ride because, you know, reg rise, whatever you want to be, if you want to be the person out front leading the way or the last person in, you have that ability level. But I think it's one of those things too, where, you know, you're, you're going to see every style of bike out there. You're going to see every age group out there trying to ride. Um, you know, and if you're blessed with you know, 70 degrees and just a, a beautiful day, you'll definitely have people that will be taking the day off just to ride their bikes into uh, Des Moines. Want to venture a guess on the number? Um, a lot. If that was, that was a number, I think that's, <laughs> that's the number I'm going to, I'm going to stick with. Um, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things, well, you know, we know we're, we're going to register and we'll keep those close to our chest and know that the roads can handle it. But the, you know, the one question that we always have is how many people are just going to show up and ride. And, you know, there's that bandit term that we throw around of, you know, you can't account for them. They just want to show up and ride. And we saw it a lot last year, especially on one of our shorter days and we were blessed with beautiful weather and you know, people just took the day off and they didn't register. They just, they just showed up. So, We'll know kind of where we're at from a registration standpoint, and we'll work with these towns, knowing that people are going to show up, and we'll we'll do our best to make sure that we're all working in the same direction. You know, it's funny. I, my first recollection of Ragbri was I was a kid in high school in Pierce, South Dakota, working at a YMCA, and our aquatics director showed up with his shirt. I mean, she kept wearing the shirt. It said Ragbri on it. And when, first of all, when nobody knew how to pronounce the name, uh, and second of all, nobody knew what it was. So when she explained it, we all sat there and went, are you kidding me? You ride your bike across the state. And now that I live here and things, it, it's, it's not so crazy, but you try to explain it to other people and it, it just doesn't translate to a lot of folks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something I talk about a lot. And I, you know, I call Reg Bry a unicorn because I believe it does not exist anywhere else. I mean, there are other states that try to pull off these long touring rides and it's truly the state of Iowa that makes it happen. Um, you know, these communities open up their houses and their hearts to complete strangers and, I talk to people about what RegBri is and my, my challenges. I can tell you what it is. You can see my, my passion but behind it. But until you are in the middle of it, standing in a downtown with all these bikes around you, you truly don't understand what it is. You, have to, you truly have to feel it. 
Yeah, and, and honestly, the, the the feeling you get from other riders too. Everybody's in a great mood, even no matter if the if the weather's not cooperating exactly. But everybody's there for the same reason to have fun, to enjoy the ride, and that energy is what I think Ragbri is all about. Yeah, you know, I stood you know behind a big tractor in one of the towns last year. You know, it was Hawkeye, and just watched people, and you you got to experience what they were feeling and and the laughter and the dancing and the you know just that true camaraderie of, you know, that true friendship that, you know, a complete stranger meets you on the road. And by the end, you're, you're, you're becoming great friends and you stay connected through the years and you get a Christmas card at the end of the year and you meet up again. I mean, it's, it's truly the biggest family reunion you'll see in Iowa. Yeah, I kind of want to wrap up here by that, that very first bike you got that was at the police impound. Do you still have that bike? Gosh, I wish I did, but it was a twin impact. It was a shiny silver black kind of fade. Uh, but it had 21 speeds, rapid fire shifting. It was a 21 inch frame, so it was too big for me. Um, so I had the seat all the way down. But man, like it was and a mountain bike, so not the best bike to be riding across the state. But I could picture it in my head. I, I remember riding that bike on a you know regular basis. But I would love to have that bike back. So if anybody's listening, they have a you know a Schwinn Impact from you know the 1980s, give or take, in a 21 inch frame or whatever size. I would love to have that back in the garage. Yeah, it's funny how much those bikes mean to people. I remember the first bike I got, it was off of Craigslist. I called a guy and I said, hey, I'm interested in buying your bike. And he called me up the morning I was supposed to come look at it and said, well, you know, I pulled it out of storage. The the gear shifts are all messed up. I don't have time to price it. He goes, if you promise to ride the bike, I'll just give it to you. And he did. And I rode that bike on Ragbri for the first few times. And I've, I've had it for about 10 years. I bought a newer one recently, but still have that one. I'm never giving it up. That's fantastic. I heard a story last week we were traveling, and it was kind of the same story. You know, I, a guy was riding his own personal bike, and it had broke down. And they couldn't find parts to fix it. And some guy went to his garage and pulled out an old 10-speed and said, hey, this has been hanging in my rafters for years. I don't, I don't need it back. Take it, ride it. It's yours. But it's truly the, you know, giving you the shirt off their back kind of mentality. And that's truly what Iowa is all about. Yeah. One, one more quick story I got for you. So we're on Ragbri. Oh, I think one of the, the first year uh, we get passed by a gentleman. We're going uphill and we're thinking we're doing okay. The, the guy on the back of his shirt had 79 and doing fine. And he's passing us going uphill on there. That was a humbling experience. It truly is. You know, and that's the, you see that every day, you know, riders that, you think you're super fit and then somebody passes you that, you know, doesn't look like they're as fit as you are, but man, it, it's all ability level. You know, I, what, you know, my challenge is it's, if you are passing someone up that big hill, you know, make sure you slow down and say hi to them and give them some motivation because it's because you're feeling good may not be the reason that they're not feeling the best. So watch out for your fellow cyclists along the way. Absolutely. And, and enjoy those folks that have a lot of experience on Ragbri. They got great stories, by the way. So I can't wait to see what you guys do, what uh, what kind of things you pull out for the 50th. I know you can't tell everything here, but Matt, it's been great talking to you. We, we're looking forward to Ragbri coming to Carroll and, and just having a fun time. Well, thank you for having me on. Matt Vippen, once again, he is the director of Ragbri. Thanks so much for joining us here today. 